I'll hit love. Welcome in, everybody. My name is Bryce Kuhn. This is the Crowded Booth. Wednesday night, the first official day of November. Uh, I think it's the Day of the Dead, and that's what a lot of people are saying, that Georgia Tech's bowl chances are dead. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of games. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk college football. We're going to talk, uh, obviously, SEC games that await in this conference on tonight's episode of the Crowded Booth. Brought to you. How in here and make yourself Coming on the crowded booth with Bryce Coon. I officially blame you. I, I 100% blame you. 100% blame you. I mean, you're not going to blame yourself ever, so I do understand no. that. No, when you always say. Brought to you by the crowded booth, and then boom, always. I've always timed it perfectly. You go and then sponsor I'm like, no, you can't, you don't just throw that in there. It is, it's it's okay, it's okay. We're all right. Hey, week 10 is here, and uh, man, we're excited to talk about some college football tonight. A lot of big games, <clears throat> obviously, in the SEC, you see the thumbnail. SEC big games await here, uh, you know, games that can determine, you know, who ends up in Atlanta. A lot of implications, especially in the SEC East. I would say more than in the SEC West necessarily because Ole Miss is still a factor. Even though Ole Miss holds the tiebreaker over LSU guys, a lot of people are just saying, oh, yeah, they're going to, you know, whatever happens is going to happen. They're going to lose a game. doesn't really matter. We'll see. College football has been weird. College football has been wacky. And uh, shout out to Georgia Tech, who has absolutely just been one of the wild and wacky teams. It's not an even week. It's an odd week, and they're not playing a ranked opponent. So, luck out, Tech fans. You could be in for a rude awakening up there in Charlottesville this weekend. I don't know. It's kind of crazy to think about everything that's been going on. But hey, let's let's walk and talk here. As long as my computer will just continue oh, no. to not be unplugged, uh, it might dial me in the middle of the show. You guys might have to carry it like you did on Monday night. Uh, here we go again. Just carrying the show again. Can't show up to work. No, can't can't show up to work. Can't show up prepared. I mean, just what is this? It's just wild. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, let's walk and talk. Let's talk about a lot of different games we are, but first up on the docket, an SEC East showdown uh, between number two Georgia and the new playoff rankings. Uh, guys, you know, obviously we can get into a lot of the playoff rankings, but Georgia against Missouri. This is a top 15 matchup. Will, you shot me a text, or you shot a text in the group and said, man, they're just getting ready to pad that resume for Georgia, uh, trying to get those high-ranked teams in well, there. Honestly, for everybody. For average, honestly, that is true. I've got issues top to bottom with the top 25. I think Missouri being number 12 is just ludicrous uh, to begin with. I think the fact that Missouri is above LSU makes no sense, and it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. Ralph, take the quick – real quick, let's do this. Take the preview off. Add in a banner of CFP rankings reveal re reaction. CFP rankings reaction. Let's talk about that. Let's start the show off with that. You guys go with that? We go with that. Oh, Will, yeah. you go first. You go first. I've got, I got a lot of problems. I feel like Joel Clad. I don't know if, if everybody knows this clip, but this is from 
several years back. I don't remember what year it was 2017 or 16. I want to say, I think, mm-hmm. I think it was 17. Uh, Joel Clack goes on Colin Cowherd's show to react to the first playoff rankings. He goes, yeah, I got a lot of problems starting at number 10 with Auburn. And it's not because he was taking a shot at Auburn, but you know, we all know ESPN runs it. They, they own all the rights to the college football playoffs. So they're, yeah. They have a hand in all these rankings, but I want to start all the way at the bottom at 25. How is Air Force only number 25? Oh, they're by, they're under Tulane, and that is 100% for TV. ESPN would much rather see Tulane in a New Year's Six than Air Force. Mm-hmm. I know, Tulane beat USC in a New Year's Six last year. I got it. But Air Force, how, how are they only number 25? Uh, let's see. What what else? To have? Well, I got big issue with Ohio State at number one. I don't know how they're better than Georgia. I mean – the eye test. They don't pass the eye test. You can say, well, Georgia hadn't played anybody. Well, Georgia's pretty much done what you would expect them to do to everybody they played. Uh, yeah, Ohio State has a big road win against Notre Dame, who they put at 15. Um, behind LSU, so, LSU's the highest. The whole time here. <laughs> LSU's the highest uh, <laughs> two-loss team, uh, which I don't really have a problem with. I agree with you, Missouri shouldn't be ahead of them. Um, but it's interesting. They put Alabama at number eight, keeping them in the top 10 uh, for that potential SEC championship matchup uh, yeah. and Ole Miss at 10 too. So they, uh, you know, I think, I think they're just, they, the ESPN makes the rank, their rankings and, and I don't like it. Um, yeah. I, I was texting, I was texting y'all said the committee is smoking crack because no what they've seen is not what I've seen. Yeah. Well, and, and so let's, let's pose this. I am, so I'll give you what I, what I agree with here, guys. I agree with Florida state in the top four uh, that you guys have known. That's where I've sat since we've started revealing yep. our rankings Great. on the show. I'm cool with that. I think they have a really strong resume. Will you pointed out that they did a lot of their uh, heavy lifting in the early portion of the schedule while we're going to see more teams have to do their heavy lifting on the back end. Uh, that being said, you know, it's interesting to me, one, to see Texas ahead of Oklahoma. I understand that Oklahoma beat can or Oklahoma beat Texas, but then lost to Kansas. I don't think Kansas is all that bad. Kansas is number 21. Uh, you know, Texas's losses to number nine Oklahoma. This is my big takeaway because it happens every single year. And Dr. Bob is absolutely correct in the fact that all of this stuff is going to work itself out. I think every 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 single year in November. It does kind of feel like, guys, that this is not going to work. And it tends to just all kind of work out. That being said, um, yeah, make sure you join the Discord. That being said, the biggest takeaway I have from this is they are positioning Alabama to be a one-loss SEC champion and get in. And it's every single year this happens. Now, I will tell you this. If Alabama does run the table, that means they're beating, as of currently, a top 15 LSU team. They they would be have beat a number ten Ole Miss. They would have beat uh, they, their loss would be to Texas, but they would have beat a we assume a top four playoff team in Georgia, uh, and then a t- seventeen Tennessee. And if I'm missing anyone there, let me know. I don't think I am. Uh, they didn't play Missouri this year, so I mean it's not the craziest thing. But every single year, year in and year out, we see. They just have Alabama on that fringe where there's constantly an opportunity for them to get back in the mix. And, Will, your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, obviously I don't like it, but I have a, a strong bias uh, toward that. But, you know, and and I think this year more than others, what has Alabama shown to show that 
they're number eight. Now, I got to give them credit. They've gotten better every week of the year. Teams yeah. have had a chance to kill them off this year, and they and they 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 couldn't do it. Texas A&M couldn't do it. Tennessee couldn't do it. Um, so you know, not to say that Alabama was not deserving, but my biggest gripe is everybody brings up strength of schedule. And Dr. Bob put it in the, put it in there, and and he's exactly right. Can't argue with the numbers. Air Force plays a weak schedule, Tulane, and a tougher conference. The American tougher than the Mountain West, uh, no doubt about it. But you talk about these other teams. They say Ohio State has a better strength of schedule than Georgia and Michigan, and even they even say they have a higher strength of schedule than Florida State. But the committee is the one making that strength of schedule, and and you because you look at, at at the teams that still have to play that all will play each other. Uh, Utah. Well, well, USC and Utah already played. Uh, USC will play UCLA, which both those teams are probably out of it. But but that's a top twenty matchup according mm-hmm. to the committee. So, you know, if USC and Notre Dame was the final game of the season, like it traditionally or it has been in years past, if USC won, they would give them a top fifteen win against Notre Dame, who would be nine and two going into that game. So. Yeah. The committee, they create the strength of schedule. So I don't really like the strength of schedule argument because it's kind of arbitrary because it's whatever number they put next to a team. That's true. I, that's true. I will say this too, listening to, and we're going to hop on next week's call uh, when the, the committee talks to the media about this because I think this is important to listen to. The, here's something that I think is really interesting too. The argument for Georgia at not at number two. Um, you know, they said, well, they don't have a, they don't have a ranked win. This is where I have a problem with it. And yeah, you look, let's uh let's let's pull let's pull up the pictures of you know Bryce and Hillary at a Georgia, Florida game. Let's do it. That's fine, <laughs> whatever. But what I'll say this is the argument that you don't have a ranked win because of your win against that team knocking them out of the rankings is completely bull. Like it's completely terrible to me. You are the reason they're not ranked because you beat them. Now, Kentucky, that's that's the rank I'm talking about. They were number 20 uh there. It's it's one of those things, but uh, I think I'm laughing. I, look at doc. Look at Dr. Bob. Look at Dr. Bob. High power generative AI model. Grand Lord's Lingle Models more table math. But I think that I'm sounds familiar. I think I've heard of that before. <laughs> That's, I think I've heard of that. For the for the folks listening in on the podcast <laughs> version, who I will I will tell you, I got a text today. They said, Hey, you got to read the comments out more. So I'll read this comment. Dr. Bob says we need to turn the college ball playoff rankings over to a high power generative AI model. Granted, large language models are terrible at math, but I think everyone could get behind a computer. I've I've heard of that, and I've a computer a computer has broken my heart. So I'm maybe not won't always be behind the computer. <laughs> but all that being said, I don't like that argument. I think that's a faulty argument. Well, you you don't have a ranked win, so you can't be number one. Well, you're the reason Kentucky's not ranked. Now, obviously, Kentucky went and lost the next week to Missouri, uh, and a lot of these things will change. Like Dr. Bob's right, Georgia plays Missouri this weekend. Uh, if Georgia wins that football game, I guarantee you next week they're number one. Like I, it'll be one of those things. You know, Washington is. And I do agree. We got my man uh, Ken Hendricks in here. Oh, sorry, the wrong one. No, you're good. Go to Ken. In the same way, how in the world is yeah, USC how? ranked? How? How? They they've got probably the two worst losses of anybody in the top twenty-five. And you talk mm-hmm. about high test. What they have no no defense, none. And really, you could say that the offense has been, eh, you know, over the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, and going back to what I was saying, the committee making this strength of schedule, making the resume, they put Ole Miss at 10 and Missouri at 12 for Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. That that gives Georgia a top 10 and a top 15 should everything play out. Ole Miss will stay top 10. 
wins for Georgia that they would yeah. not have had. And, you know, everybody says, well, everybody says Georgia didn't play anybody. Now they uh, – now look at the rankings. Yeah. It's it's whatever number people put next to the to the logo. I think there's a difference between because I do sit in the camp of the pre. You can't. We get caught up in oh the strength of schedule back in July. We do get caught up in that. Yep. Teams Absolutely. are better. Teams are worse. It is what it is. But you go I off do the year before though, don't you? You always go. Off yeah, the people before. go off the year before. That's what they're going off. Like, and like Colorado's the, first week win against TCU was a great win because TCU was a and TCU's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, they were the, they were in the national game last year though. That's the reason why they were so good at the beginning of the year. And oh, Colorado's a real deal. No, they're not. Yeah. So I sit. I, I do agree there. I, I I think that we have to take a step back because I think will what you're saying because the CFP and ESPN make these rankings. Yes, it's it's kind of like uh, it's just it doesn't make any sense. Like if you took that practical practical point in any other line of business, people say, whoa, 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 that's not right. Like you don't get to do that. Here we just accept it. We're just okay we, with it. We call that collusion in other in other fields. <laughs> yes, call it it's collusion. Weird. It's crazy. I do think it's okay to say that Georgia's schedule is harder on the back end than we originally thought. Absolutely. Um and, and I and I will I'll, I'll throw a bone here. I, I even do believe the game against Georgia Tech will be harder than a lot of people thought, you know, because of what Georgia Tech's done. So you know yeah, you look we'll and see. see we'll see. I mean what it's an Georgia even numbered Tech game. It's an even numbered game. So they're gonna have a lot of success oh, in gosh. Atlanta. But you know, overall um, and Ralph, we can go to you and get some of your thoughts on this. I just think the playoff as a whole is something that's absolutely crazy. It's just kind of crazy to me to see. Um, and I'm going to share it here because for the people watching who maybe you hadn't seen it and maybe you are like, what in the world are these guys talking about? Um, so this is the rankings uh, from the CFP right here. Ralph, any issues that we haven't talked about or things that maybe you wanted to point out about this? Well, y'all made my comment about USC. That was my only one. I think I texted y'all both USC at 20s. I don't agree with it. I don't think USC is a top 25 team in the country. I mean, they're just – it's just – it's who they are. It's their brand. Yeah. You know, you would think that the USC we've been talking about in the offseason, Caleb Williams, all those high-powered, you know, receivers he's got, all these transfers, they're going to do big things this year, and they just have not shown up one bit. Mm-hmm. And so for them to be considered a top 20 team with two losses, and they're just – to me, they're just not nearly as good. I mean, they, they pulled out a – Went out. I mean, just barely pulled out a win against you uh, or uh, against Cal last week. They shouldn't yeah. have won it. I mean, if Cal gets the extra point, they go to overtime. I mean, it's just you. You showed me nothing this year. Where it shows me you're a decent, uh, at least a top twenty team. I, I put. I mean, Will, I agree with you. Youth Air Force at twenty five is a joke. They used to be it's, higher. They're better. Uh, it's than like that. have they They're watched, better than USC? Have They're they watched like, the games? No. Have they yeah. watched Obviously the games? Not. Did they just I look at record? Can, what Kansas has done this year, what Oklahoma State has done this year, and Tulane has done this year is that they've done better than USC. Another to note to keep an eye on, guys, here. I mentioned the Alabama conversation. Is You just brought it up, and we're going to talk about this game a little bit later on in the show. But the fact that Oklahoma State gets that number 22 ranking, that's going to be another feather in the cap of Oklahoma oh, like, if they beat yep. them this weekend. Again. You know, all, all of these things, it's set up to do. It's set up to – if you sit here and you really think that people don't look at this from a TV rating standpoint, you're living in la la land. Like, you know, yep. you're just, you're living in a make believe land. And I'm going to be honest with you. You're living in a land that I wouldn't mind being a part of. I want to see the best teams play. I want to see, I want to see the best teams play regardless of the brand value, what logos on the side of their helmet. But guys, you look at that top four and especially the top three, Ohio State, like you said, will have they taken care of business and won the games, whether in a good fashion? Yes, they have. Are they the number one team in the country? I, I haven't seen anything to tell me that. Uh, Michigan, you know, we're going to see, you know, over the next couple of weeks what it is. 
Uh, that's a whole other conversation, by the way, in Michigan. Yeah. To me, yeah. the only team that is warranted and has the resume so far to be in that top four is Florida, Florida State. State. Is Florida State for me. You can make a case that Washington should be in there. Yep. You can make a case maybe that Oregon. And maybe you can make a case that Georgia has because when Georgia has had the opportunity, uh, they have dominated. I mean, the two teams that they've played that people said might could give them trouble, and you might be – I'll say this. It's really easy for people to laugh at, well, yeah, Florida was never going to beat them anyway. It's not the same thing you were saying on social media without Brock Bowers and all this kind of things before, you know, last mm-hmm. weekend. So they dominated Kentucky. They dominated that. I think it's going to be very interesting. I want to get you guys this because I'm not going to answer this. I want your takes on it before we roll on to previewing some of these games. Really interesting team or two teams for me in this in this playoff. One of them's the one I cover, and another one is a, one that a team that I also cover on the side played. Louisville and LSU. Yeah, is what, there a path? I was, is there I was a path for them? Louisville. Yeah, is there is there a path? Because let's paint a picture where Louisville wins out and beats a floor, undefeated Florida State to get into the uh, you know to win the ACC title. They're going to need help. I think a two loss LSU team's got a good case, but they're mm-hmm. going to need help as well. So where do you is there a path? You think and that, it might require chaos, and that's fine. But I want to get your thoughts. Will you go first? I don't know how Louisville's number 13. I mean, we saw them week one, and I know teams are completely teams different. Teams get than better. They, they evolve. Week yeah. one. But, and I know Louisville beat Notre Dame, but Notre Dame was, was that was what, their third ranked matchup in a row, second one on the road, yeah. back to back. I don't know how Louisville's number 13. I, I, I just don't, I don't see it. They don't pass the eye test for me. I was going to say the same thing about Utah. Utah's offense is feeble. It's about mm-hmm. Iowa level at this point, and you have them at 18. I don't really understand it. Um, but then again, if Louisville wins out and wins the ACC, I don't know how you keep a one-loss conference champion out with a win against Florida State in the conference championship game. Um, I think that would have to come down to what. how does it shake out in the Pac-12 and the Big 12. I mean, Texas yeah. and Oklahoma, do they play each other again, and how does that game go? Washington and Oregon looks like they will play each other again, although Oregon still has to play USC. Still a lot to happen out West, too, but both need help. Obviously, LSU needs a lot more help than Louisville because um, mm-hmm. yeah. LSU, they can win out and and still not make the SEC championship game. Um, yeah. That would go to Ole Miss. How wild would that be to see Ole Miss in Atlanta? That a rematch with year. Georgia. That would <laughs> – I think that would shock everybody. Um, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you that in that scenario you just described, if, if Ole Miss does that, if Ole Miss wins out and they beat Georgia and then they, I guess they potentially beat Georgia again, that's mm-hmm. a playoff team. Like, that's a playoff absolutely. team to me. Two, two yeah. wins against Georgia? I mean, absolutely. In the span of a month? I don't know. Well, what it's if, crazy. If LSU beats Alabama, well, yeah, then, okay, Ole Miss has to beat Georgia mm-hmm. in the regular season to get there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Oh, oh, here's the scenario is, is that LSU needs Ole Miss to lose – one more conference game where an LSU has to win out. If and now if Alabama wins out, they're just in because yeah, they, LSU's hold the got they hold the tiebreaker. Beat Alabama. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Very, very interesting. Hey, we're gonna um keep talking college football here, but hey, little reaction, little impromptu reactions. It's good good content right there. Spent 20 minutes on it. That's fine though, because there's no deadline. Well we'll rock and roll as we continue to go here. Let's take a look at the first game on the docket tonight, and it's a game that we kind of alluded to, guys. Georgia, the last I looked, was a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. This was on ESPN uh, against Missouri. Guys, I think coming into this stretch out of the bye week, the concern was obviously Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers this, Brock Bowers that. 
Um, we saw last Saturday, and I know you guys talked about this on Monday, this team has weapons, and those weapons stood up big time. Uh, Lunch Pail Lad, that's the nickname that uh, my boy Palmer gave him. He said Lunch Pail Lad was back at work. Uh, you know, what he brings, Ra Ra Thomas, Dominic Lovett's going to get to play against his old team. This is not to disparage anything that Missouri has going on, but I I don't know how you stop this offense if they're really starting to hum along. I think it's also time, and I've seen a lot of people start to make this comparison or this this conversation, and I think that I'm ready to make the statement here on this show. We need as as nas, and nationally in football, we need to start recognizing what Carson Beck's doing and the and the job that he has to do to be able to quarterback this offense to lead this offense. And Will, you saw it a little bit in that Auburn game. He's not getting rattled, and he just not looks comfortable. All. So, your thoughts on this? What maybe is a path for Missouri to win this football game? Because Missouri's good. Brady Cook's good. You know, Luther Burton's really, really good. They got a lot of weapons. I just in Sanford Stadium, three thirty game. That's it's going to be rocking. Ninety two plus, you know, thousand plus is going to be nuts. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't. That fifteen and a half points is a lot. I do think Georgia mm-hmm. wins this game. Yeah, I like Georgia to win this one too. I don't know if they can cover that 15 and a half. That's a lot of points for an offense as good as Missouri's. But for Missouri to win this game, they're going to have to create turnovers and, and not just one or two. They may need three to do it. Um, and they're going to have to score every time they get the ball. I mean, yeah. there's no question. Pete agrees. That's why he's up here. He feels strongly about that, that the Missouri Tigers, his cousins. Okay, nobody needs to see that. Um <laughs> Not safe for work. <laughs> Not safe for work. Pete Gate, absolutely. You need to get down. Um, create turnovers, maybe three, and that and that's asking a lot. They're going to have yeah. to create chaos defensively, and you know I think they've got the talent, especially up front, to do that. They can slow down Georgia's running game, but I don't know that it matters because Brock Bauer or Brock Bowers, Carson Beck, um, he 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 gets in the zone. Diff- I, I think better than anybody in the country. I mean, I've had arguments this week with people that from what I've seen, he's been the best quarterback in the country so far. I don't know why he's not getting Heisman love. Well, I know why it's because Kirby smart and Georgia, they don't care about advertising for it, which is what you have to do to win the award. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and especially being at home, if this was, was at Mizzou, I I would, I would be all over Mizzou covering that 15 point spread, but I think Sanford stadium is going to be too much. Yeah, I sit there with you, Ralph. Before we go to you, I want to bring up Dr. Bob's comment here. The one thing about Missouri is they do have a lethal uh, passing game. Could we see a team truly test? Because you go back to when Georgia was really tested, and it was that South Carolina game. Spencer Rattler and his receivers were being able to co- they were able to connect on explosive plays, plays down the field. Uh, and all together, I think that too, we appreciate you, Ken. I, all together, we, we, we think – this is one of those teams over the course of the past season, nobody has really been able to just air it out on. The only team that has over four quarters was really C.J. Stroud and Ohio State in that Peach Bowl game last year, and you saw what happened. If Missouri gets this passing game going really early and finds a connection where, you know, it's not just a guy. It's uh, I can't remember the other two guys' names, but they got two veteran receivers, and they also have Luther Burden as well. Uh, Theo um, Weaves Jr. and Mookie Cooper. Yeah, those two guys. I mean, you get that group moving – Ralph, that's the recipe for me. Like, if they're going to win this football game, air it out and continue to, you know, move the ball kind of at will over the course of 60 minutes. I'll just say this, Ralph, before we hand it to you. It's really hard to play a full 60 against this Georgia team at a high level. Yeah, and the, you, you, just, you just kind of hit it on right there. Explain Georgia for a full 60. It truly is. I mean, because you got they had some of the best depth in the country. 
hands down. I mean, you got five stars behind five stars behind five stars, and that's just how they are. They're loaded um, at every position, it feels like, except for running back right now, because it feels like their running game just been, you know, abysmal this year. And I say that that's mm-hmm. after last week they ran the ball very well. So, you know, if Georgia can continue to run the ball or get the run game going this week, this is kind of the game like, okay, run game's got to eventually find its way because we're going to face a better defense that can stop our, you know, our passing game eventually, you know, that's what's, that's what's going to hurt us later on. It's the defense actually stepping up and stopping, you know, Carson Beck. So if Georgia finds a way to get the run game going early on this year or in this game, I see them, you know, pulling away later on, maybe like third quarter, but Missouri has a way to stop Carson Beck, keep it close, go into the fourth quarter, keeping it close and just, you know, just kind of chipping away at Georgia. Then I can see there's a chance. I do. I mean, I, I like, I like Brady Cook. I like Car- I like Cody Strader. The, both of them have been very good this year. If Cody Strader is almost getting six yards to carry, I mean that's yeah. just that's that's incredible, honestly. Yeah, no, and Schrader uh, had a nice game, I believe, against Georgia last year. Didn't get a ton of carries, but had high volume in what he wanted to do. Another big thing, and Dr. Bob just hit on it, Missouri's coming off a bye right there as well, and that's huge too. Here's a big stat that I think is going to play a big role in this. Uh, Georgia is 100th in the country in opponent red zone conversion rate. So teams are having success when they get inside that 20-yard line. The problem is they are fourth in the country in red zone trips allowed. It's really hard to get down there against them. So, I mean, hey, it's that might have been a social media clip moment right there. And, you know, hashtag Beatgate. There you go. We got to love it. I'll restart it. I'll restart it here. Uh, the stat that I think is going to be really huge, obviously, is the red zone conversion. Georgia is 100 in the country in teams converting inside the red zone. You know, once they get inside the 20 yard line, they have good success against this Georgia defense. But when you're ranked fourth in the country in fewest red zone, you know, trips, it's hard to get there. And so I think that one thing with Missouri and having watched them, obviously, this year when they played LSU is yes, they can throw the ball. It's an efficient offense. Brady Cook doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But Hostile road environment, something that he hasn't faced before, you know, with this unit, with this team. How does that translate? I still think Missouri could lose this game uh, and still feel really, really good about their season. I don't think it's going to be a four to nothing final. That would be absolutely wild. Uh, what do they call it? Scorigami? Would that be Scorigami? He's talking about the softball game. We know Jonesy's a big softball fan. Yeah, yeah. Big college softball the guy. Scorigami. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Scorigami. But I think, uh, you know, Another role here, you know, Missouri ranks 61st in the country defensively on third downs. Georgia's the number one defense on third downs. And they flex their muscles against Florida. And, yeah, pass rush is really starting to come on. I think – I I like Georgia in this one. I think we're all in agreement here. Georgia, the spread's a little iffy. I would feel comfortable saying maybe a a 10 or 10 to 12-point win. If this was like 10 and a half, I'd probably take it. That's where I sit with it. But, yeah. Over under at 54 and a half. Seems kind of low. That does seem low. low. That does does seem low. Let's move to the next game where things will not be low because this is going to be (laughs) – this, guys, I have – I've got two more things to talk about this game, and then um, I'm going to talk about this game on Saturday morning. You can catch that uh, too. But I won't. That's fine, Ralph. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. Appreciate the support, man. National TV debut on CBS Sports at 1145. If you're interested, I'm going to be hopping on and and talking about this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ralph said, screw you, so it doesn't matter. Um, Appreciate that. LSU Alabama. Will, I'm going to go to you first. I've got a lot of things I can say about this game, but I want to hand it off to you guys because I think this is going to be something that's really interesting, and uh, it's going to be a crazy game. 
Oh, okay. Just go ahead. Yeah. No go, so go ahead. It. So talk. <clears throat> oh man. I think this Alabama just overall top to bottom head to toe is better than LSU. Um, I think the running game, they're going to kind of do what they want to do. They've got big bruisers up front that are really good in run blocking and they're going to create holes for, for Milrow, McClellan, everybody for Alabama. And then we know how susceptible LSU is in the secondary. I, I think Alabama is just going to eat him up. You know, Milrow throws probably the best deep ball in the country, at least with consistency. Uh, so I think I think Alabama wins. And at three points, I think that's being generous to LSU. Um, but this can be a shootout. I mean, the over-under is at 60 on this one, and that sounds low to me too because LSU can score. But I'll say it again. Alabama has been getting better every single week. They're, they're, we, nobody's been able to slay the dragon that is Nick Saban in Alabama this year, and, and I think they keep rolling. They've got more momentum than anybody in the country. And, uh, you know, it hurts me to say all that, but they're really good. Yeah, um, I agree with some things you said there. I think that it's one of those things, too, that this that, – that's what is it, 60 and a half, you said? 60 and a half. Ralph, you go. You go, and then I'll get my thoughts. Uh, I'm going to try to hit on one thing, and I think it's just the only thing that's to me I know more about this year, this, this week's game, is that LSU's offense is unreal. Top to bottom, unreal. I mean, this is a high-powered offense. They score a lot of points. Um, they can't stop anybody that defensively, which is hurting them, you know, very, very much so. Um, Jalen Daniel, Daniels, Daniels has played – some of the best football in the country this year um, should be there in New York in the end of the season, hands down. I think Bryce has said that enough already. I think LSU's offense can do enough to win this game. Stopping Alabama has been a problem for a lot of teams this year is beating them. Tennessee did it for the first half. Tennessee looked like they were going to run out of the stadium with the easiest win ever in that first half and then lost because they just could not score in the second half and could not stop Alabama. I don't think LSU's going to do that. I think LSU's going to mm. take advantage of what they've done all year is just score, score a lot of points, move down the field. you know. And they, they've done pretty well with keeping time of possession. Get, get Alabama off the field offensively. Don't let Milrow have a chance to throw that deep ball like he has all year long. Don't get beat deep so many times. If you can just convince them to run the ball the whole game, that's fine. Make them run the ball. It's okay. There's running clock out. You know, they're going to score a lot of points. Let Alabama take the time off the clock if you need to, whatever. Don't let Miller throw the deep on you. Just don't yeah. let that happen because that's the only thing that's going to hurt you in the long run. If you're going to, if you're letting them run, you know, three to four plays out of a 10-play 10, of a 10 play drive, that's fine because you're – eventually Miller is going to make – you don't throw a mistake eventually. Yeah, I – um well, I, I like it. I want to go to this comment right here. Hot take, LSU blows them out. I think there is a – for me, I think there is a higher probability that LSU blows Alabama out than that Alabama blows LSU out. Uh, just because you mentioned, Ralph, this offense for LSU, it's one that no one has really been able to figure out. And I'm going to get it to a second in, in a second about what Florida State did because I think the recipe, if you want to stop them, is you have to have an elite defensive front. Uh, Alabama has that. Alabama's got Dallas Turner. Uh, they've got another kid by the name of, and I want to make sure I get it right, uh, what's the other kid's name? Christian Chris, Braswell. They got Braswell on the other side, who's been a nice piece for them, had a big force fumble um, against Tennessee that kind of cinched the deal in that game. So Alabama's defense, this, this is how I look at this game. You have a strength on strength 
and then you've got weakness on weakness. Uh, the perceived strength on strength is going to be Alabama's defense against Alabama against LSU's offense. You have Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., Kyron Lacey, and Mason Taylor going up against one of the best freshman football players I've ever seen in Caleb Downs. Uh, that kid is unbelievable the way he's assimilated. Kool-Aid McKinstry, that's probably going to be a day one pick. Uh, and then Terry and Arnold, who's a redshirt sophomore and has come along pretty nicely. So you have, and then Malachi Moore on the back end, the veteran strong safety they have. You have arguably the best secondary that LSU has faced to date. That is going to be one where I think a lot of scouts are going to pay attention because, hey, this is NFL on NFL talent that you're going to have back there. So this is where essentially, you know, you make your moves as a player, whether you're going to be a day one, day two, or day three pick, how you perform again in this game against these guys. Yeah. The perceived weakness of both of these teams is going to be Alabama's offense and LSU's defense. I'm going to give you some names right here that you've never heard of in your life. Jeremiah Hughes, Sage Ryan. I'm going to keep going here. Um, Javian Toviano, LaTerrence Welch, and Ashton Stamps. Between those guys, guys, we are talking about players. And let's take out Sage Ryan for a second. You're talking about guys who have a total of six quarters of college football experience in the secondary combined. This is a problem. And it's a, it's a problem that LSU is well aware of. They also lost um, all SEC defensive linemen, Makai Wingo, for the season. That's going to be something that really hurts them up front. The key to this game for me, can LSU manufacture enough momentum plays defensively? And you have a guy like Milrow who is growing as a quarterback, and I agree. The kid can run. He's super fast. He probably doesn't use his legs, in my opinion, as much as we thought he was going to use them in this season. The keys in this of your Alabama's offense, I'll stay away from the other side. Alabama's offense, get Jermaine Burton going. If they get him going, it is going to be very hard for anyone in the country to stop him, much less this JV defensive back room that LSU's got to put on the field in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night. Another fact here, Jalen Milrow, his pocket awareness. At times, when you go and watch him, he will absolutely, bears by 90, bears by 90, Josh. <laughs> At times, Jalen Milrow, his pocket awareness, suffers, and he will run himself into a sack or, you know, not go progress through his reads. He's still a young quarterback learning. It's part of the growing pains that I think Alabama fans were not too accustomed to because they had Heisman level talent for the past so many years. If LSU can make the momentum shifting plays on defense and maybe get three or four stops the whole game, I think they've got a chance to win it because I don't genuinely know how many times you're going to be able to stop LSU's offense. And the last thing I'll say on this one, with what this Alabama offense wants to do, there's going to be scoring drives. No doubt about it. Can you turn some of those scoring drives from six points to three points? That was a recipe they had that worked really well down here in Baton Rouge last year. Can they do the same? It's going to be very interesting. I think this is going to be a very good football game. Uh, and, I, and I'll tell you right now, I'm taking Alabama. I just I think that this game, for me, I have seen – way too much of this LSU defense to have confidence they can go into Tuscaloosa and it's magically going to happen. It's going to take, and this will sound familiar, it's going to take, just like Tech fans, something extraordinary that is not of the normal thing for LSU to win this football game defensively. Because offense, I'm not worried about. I think they could put up 30, 40 points, and they can do that. But are you going to give up 30 or 40 points? That's the question. Yeah, you, you mentioned all those names that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, at least two of those guys are going to be on Jermaine Burton, leaving yeah. Isaiah Bond, Armani Nyblack, Kobe Prentice, those three guys in one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm taking my money on all three of those guys to go win a one-on-one -on -one against anybody you named.
So yeah, no, agreed. Just the depth that Alabama has at receiver that LSU doesn't have at defensive back for a number of reasons that you've laid out all season. That just I don't I don't know how LSU hangs hangs with them, and Alabama's yeah. secondary is is really good. So well, it's a travesty to not have guys like uh, Deuce Chestnut, former All-ACC player, and a guy like Denver Harris that are too busy doing God knows what 20 miles from my apartment to be able to contribute <laughs> in this football game. Uh, they won't say, you know, a lot of people around the program really won't say it, but I think that it is absolutely frustrating for this group to have two guys you thought you could count on being big playmakers, and they can't even get on the field. You add in the fact that you had a guy in J.K. Johnson that was a former four-star transfer from Ohio State, Broke his leg in fall camp. You can't help that. Is what it is. Yeah. And then the just the thing that hurt the all FCS FCS All American transfer they had from down here, Zai Alexander, lower body ankle injury after picking off the Army Hail Mary pass at halftime could be done for the season. Oh, they can't catch a break in the secondary, and I think it's a big reason why. I think these are two good football teams, and I think the biggest frustration with LSU, Ralph, you mentioned it, and I know I'm belaboring and talking about this a lot. We're going over an hour tonight, I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, I'll say this, with what LSU has, this is the frustration. Your defense is one of the worst in the country, but your offense is number one in the nation in third down conversions, number one in first downs, and number one in scoring. It's a championship-level defense. I I joked with one of the Alabama writers real quick. Sorry, I'm just going to keep talking. No, you're good. Shut your mouth, little boy. Okay? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're um, power here. <laughs> the, the, one of the biggest things, we're joking with one of the Alabama's 24-7 writers, if you just put LSU's offense and put it with Alabama's defense, there's your national champion. Nobody's beating that team. Mm-hmm. Nobody's beating that team. So, yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I'll say, and it's just about Milrow, is – how often have you seen an Alabama quarterback by week 10 been sacked 30 times? 31 times, I think, is the number, correct? Is, is it 31? 30, yeah. ESPN has 30. it 30. It, it is probably 30. 30. Yeah. But how often have you seen, like, you know, Mac Jones by week 10, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Bryce, Bryce Young, all sacked by 30 times by week 10? You never saw that. You never saw that number that, that high by week 10. You would probably see maybe 15 at most. Yeah. But this offensive line has been awful, honestly, in pass protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these teams that Alabama's played have been buying uh, the signs from Michigan. That's why. <laughs> and and oh, this is one thing. It's, we talk about the run blocking is great. The O-line's run blocking has been great, but their pass protection has been horrible. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of teams that don't have great pass protection. They have a lot of teams that, you know, can can block the run or block for the runs very well. It's, 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 it's one thing that I've always known, you know, growing up with offense line, you know, you have offense line protections that, work really well with your offense and, you know, they have slide protections and everything. But sometimes it's just, you know, the guys here aren't great pass blockers. And I think that's what we're having problems with Alabama's offensive line, offensive line this year. It's just they're not, you know, working well in the pass block. It's just run blocking them very well. They're great at the double teams. But taking some of these guys on, especially, you know, can my, – well, I have my only name on LSU's defense that I really like, I told you this, is Whit Weeks. He's a, he is so mm-hmm. young, so talented. You just like him because he's gritty. I, he I didn't know is. what you were going to say there, I but I appreciate you. Else. Got, yep, let's be going somewhere else with <laughs> that. We don't need to say grit. I'm so glad he went that way. That's why I'm Ralph so loves him. He's got grit. But if you watch him play, he, he's, that. Just, he's, he's at every tackle that's inside yeah. the box. He's, he's there. Can he come up with a big play tonight or, or Saturday night to 
to lead LSU's defense. He's too, he's young, but I think he, if you watch him, he's got a lot of these guys around him that that trust him and that follow him. So yeah, let let Weeks get a you know a chance to make a big play, and I think he can Saturday. Forty minutes into the show, we've previewed two games. That we've talked uh, talked about uh, the the college ball playoff reaction. <laughs> look, uh, look, Ralph, look. you can tell you can tell how this show is going that Ralph's been working this week. It's been a busy week for Bryce. We had the three of us haven't talked much this week, so we're getting it all no. out. No, we hadn't talked. We hadn't talked. This is literally what we'd be talking about if we were playing rugby. Yeah, the, so this is was, what it is. Today was the easiest day for me this week. So. so let's move on to the next game, Ralph. And I'm going to make this the last one uh, for the for the previews, uh, and fine. then we'll kind of uh, we can mention the other games. I know one of them is my game to watch, actually. So yeah, we'll, we'll go to the last game here. That one for your game to watch. Yeah, uh, stay in the SEC, and this is one that doesn't have, guys, the star power necessarily, but, man, it's got storylines. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, it feels like, Will, this is one that Jimbo really needs to win, especially in, what, year six Uh, at at A&M. You need to be winning these football games. But Ole Miss, like we saw in that rankings, they're still playing for a chance in that playoff. Not a lot of people are talking about it, but they still hold kind of that upper hand. They're going to be big, obviously, LSU fans this weekend, but they got to take care of business three-point favorite at home against the Aggies. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, at first glance, I saw a three-point uh, favorite for Ole Miss at home. I was like, how How are they only three? But then thinking about it, the way that Texas A&M defense matches up against the Ole Miss offense, it, it, it can cause problems. They're, Texas A&M is just so talented on both sides of the ball, especially defense. Um, it can really – Cause problems for Jackson Dart in the th- in the passing game, and really, really up front can can really slow down the running game of Ole Miss. Um, but you said that Ole Miss has a whole lot more to play for than Texas A and M. I think they're going to find a way. You know, Lane Kiffin, his play calling is interesting. Uh, I think I talked about that last week. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. But but he loves he does love a game where he's perceived as an underdog, and he's almost perceived as an underdog in this one, only being a three point favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is, I, I don't, it's a shame that this is a noon kickoff because this is a really, really big game in the SEC West, a really, really big game for both of these programs. Uh, you know, this is the best Ole Miss has been in, in a long, 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 long time, year over year. Um, and, and Jimbo still coaching for his job. This will be a huge feather in his cap to keep his job. Um, although it's probably too far gone for too late for him, too far gone. Um, I like Ole Miss in this one. I like them to cover that three-point spread. I think I think Ole Miss is just too good offensively. Um, and I think their defense, they can make plays. This is a much-improved defense under Pete Gold. It is. They can make plays when they need them, too. We saw that against LSU in that uh, you know high-scoring affair. You know, A lot of defense coordinators want to shield their eye when they see that final score. <laughs> but if you really watch the game and you looked what they were able to do, they did make big plays. Well, you mentioned it's a shame this is a noon kickoff. The only reason is because – I guess it's not terrible if you got a full free Saturday because you get to watch this one. Then you roll in straight to Georgia, uh, Texas, uh, Georgia, Missouri, and then Alabama, LSU. And yeah, yep. Austin Podley says I if AM agree. would get rid of these grown man dancing in overalls, it might become a contender. One of the cringiest things agree. in the SEC. I completely agree, Austin. Completely <laughs> I mean, it's, agree. it's awful. It's absolutely terrible. Um, I, I'm with you, Will. Three points at surface level. You're like, how? But man, AM, well, I think what has been lost in this cloud over AM over the past couple of years is while the talent accumulation on the offense hasn't paid off, it has defensively. Uh, I mean, they've got good guys offensively, but I think that they've got guys defensively that you're seeing that these guys are day one picks. I mean, they accumulated so much talent. It's going to be interesting. If they can control the line of scrimmage, 
against Ole Miss, they're going to be able to win this football game. But can their offense do enough? Uh, I don't know. That that's the question. Can the offense be consistent enough? Can Max Johnson make enough plays to win you a football game? That that's going to be my big question. That's why I'm taking Ole Miss in this one. But I think it's going to be a really good football game. Wrap your thoughts. I think what we said from from about the first four weeks about Ole Miss is can Quinshawn Jutkins get going? Mm. He's finally got there. He's yeah. finally getting going. This offense has looked a lot better. The last four weeks has been really good for this offense. I think, you know, dating back to the LSU game when he really had his best game of the year, you know, this he's they've played better, I feel like. So if Jutkins just continues to play well, this team wins games. I, I think that's just their offense revolves around him. I know with Jackson Dart's been their their star this year, but honestly, if Jutkins is playing well, Jackson Dart does not have to carry all that weight. I like that. How about their offense? Is that they're, you know, they can focus on one guy, but they still have three or four great talents, you know, behind those guys. So, you know, bless you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, shouldn't have done that. Jonesy's going to get on you now. You shouldn't have done that. I, I know. <laughs> I know. But, uh, <laughs> but look, Ole Miss's defense has made, come up to enough, come up with enough defensive plays this year to actually win games in that LSU game. Just did enough. Just, just yeah. toward the end, they didn't care if they stopped the LSU, you know, three or four times during the game. They just cared for that last drive that they stopped them. That's all they needed to do to win the game. Same thing as A and M. I don't think A and M's offense is good enough to really comp- compete in a shootout against Ole Miss. But if Ole Miss has to do a shootout, they're they're willing to go to that and they can win those games. We've seen it in the years past and going shootouts. So I think the last one they lost was the Alabama and the one in twenty twenty when. Was that Kevin's first year? I think. I Ooh. believe that's correct. 2020 it's, was Sarkeesian, wasn't it? At Ole Miss? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm thought you were talking about Alabama. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ole Miss was – Kevin's first year was 2020. You're right. Yeah, and I think that, that year they played Alabama at home. It was a shootout with Alabama, and everyone thought Alabama had a chance to – or Ole Miss had a chance to win. I want to see if I can pull the final score real quick. It was – 63-48, just a last-minute pull away from Alabama. It was just a shootout for both teams. Ole Miss in those games has a higher chance of winning to me. So mm-hmm. if Ole Miss can convince, it can make it a three uh, a shootout, I like Ole Miss in this game. I think the three points is good. Yeah, no, I think we all sit with the Rebels right here. Hey, fantastic with college football. We're going to have some more games, games to watch, best bets coming up right after this. <laughs> Your soap is <laughs> – Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. Titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. Uh, we welcome you back to the show here on a fantastic Wednesday night. I want to shout out a uh, another good sponsor, Hamilton Mill Animal Hospital up in Buford, Georgia. Big shout out uh, to them. Fantastic. Joining the team, so we appreciate that as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely love it. It's fantastic, and it's great. Uh, Dr. Williams himself up there, you know, manning the uh, – doing just doing a great job. So shout out up there in Buford. Go check them out. Uh, let's talk about, guys, our games to watch. I'll go first. Because it's the final, potentially final rendition. This is this is a sham, a travesty. It's everything that is wrong with conference realignment and everything that's wrong with college football in 2023. And how is this not on Thanksgiving weekend? That's the bigger question. Who is making the schedules over there? I don't know. 
So without further ado, Bedlam, ladies and gentlemen. My game to watch, number 22, Oklahoma State versus number nine, Oklahoma. I mentioned this when we looked at the rankings, guys. This is a game for me that, one, Oklahoma still has a chance. We saw the committee show that. Uh, They're going to probably, if they went out and get a chance to play Texas again, this is another feather in the cap. But I'm telling you one thing, Mike Gundy and this Cowboys team would love nothing more than to spoil Oklahoma's last season in the Big 12. I think it's we have, you know, yes, exactly. Rest in peace, Bedlam. Uh, that's my game to watch, though, for real. Rest I mean, in Oklahoma's paradise. State, Rest in paradise, Bedlam. Hashtag willpower. Ridiculous. I'm feeling fiery. I'll, I'll explain why I'm, I'm Will, in the We're going to go your game so to watch now. Up. Oh, wait. We, we've got an unauthorized sponsor on Will's shirt, but that's fine. We'll let it pass. Uh, keep. What's the sponsor? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, keep Will, it rolling. I didn't, uh, Will, I didn't change you your uh, game to watch, but you go ahead and start talking about it. I got you. Yeah, I'm staying in the Big 12. Um, Cincinnati playing host to, to UCF. Both of these teams are winless in the Big 12. This is this is a, an old American conference rivalry turned Big 12 rivalry. Bryce hates it that I'm that I'm going with this. I just love that you just pick these games that like people have to find out how to watch. Like it's like they can't just they've got to go how look. Did, it's FS1 I'll, I'll at 3:30. Yeah, so what channel is it on? FS1. Yeah, FS1. Like it's a big who, game. Who's, who's calling that game? It's at Nippert Stadium. Watch it. Watch it. You need to watch yourself there. We'll go ahead and talk about uh, it. Somebody uh, is going to come out of here with their first win in Big 12 play. Uh, so UCF Cincinnati, that's why. Because Bryce took mine, taking Bedlam. Yeah. It's a good one, though. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game, I think. It is. Go ahead, Ralph. I think uh, Bryce already knew where I was going to go with mine. Uh, I, I said it last week. I was going to do it. But you did it's it's, was, it's it's a big game in the conference. It, it truly is. It really is. The Battle yeah. of the Belt, the Troy versus South Carolina. Now explain that for people you who don't know what the heck that is. is. I'm getting Nobody there. Knows what I that was is. saying it as you both cut me off. Idiots. <laughs> Troy <laughs> versus South Alabama Thursday night, 7.30 in good old Veterans Memorial Stadium in Troy, Alabama. This game has a lot of, uh, you know, pearls of who, who can win the Sun Belt West, who can you know pull out of the Sun Belt. Uh, to face whoever comes out of the East right now, as, as, as it is, not right James now, Madison. It won't be James Madison. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I hate that. I truly another another travesty. Well, look, I, I thought it was so. I thought it was a two year bowl ban and one year conference ban because that's what everyone I thought it was at first. Um, <laughs> to, a comment of the night. <laughs> you gotta say comment of the night. Ken Hendricks, Battle of the Belt. That's me after Saturday night dinner. All right, oh that's amazing. God. That's amazing. No, Ralph, this game's tomorrow night though, right on ESPN. Yeah. That's the only reason. If we were if we're doing this like on Thursday night, I probably wouldn't be here talking about it right now. But um, yeah, I think Troy's defense lately has been playing the best football, especially in the Sun Belt. Ever, ever since we got the Sun Belt play, Troy's defense has really stepped up. They've played great. Uh, you know, last year or last week, you know, the run game was just not there for Troy against Texas State, but the defense stepped up and Gunnar Watson stepped up. So Troy going into this game, they've won the last five years. Let's hope they make it six years. Make it six years and a trip to I'm sorry. the title game. If anyone from those tech fan discord wants to say anything, win games and catch up to Troy, and then we'll talk. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you bring tech up because I was going to say it. Bryce talking about nobody knows how to watch UCF. They're on the C. I'm not watching it. I'm not going to watch Tech and Virginia's on the CW. That I feel like I got to go by rabbit ears to watch that. Well, I got you. Well, I got you. You ready? You want to watch the Troy game tomorrow night? ESPN 2. 
on the deuce. ESPN two on the better deuce. than the CW network, and tell you that. <laughs> ACC is just shove it up somewhere. SMU's winning the title at least three years. At least the first three years, SMU's winning the ACC Easily. title. Red Lashley back, baby. I'm ready for SMU and Cal in the ACC championship game. Throw up when that happens. At least CW isn't over AM radio. All right, we're gonna take one more break. When we do. Best segment of the night, best bets, Dr. Bob. Guys, Dr. Bob got even more more detailed in the Excel spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. To oh, me Jesus. on 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not awake. And uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win a rock and roll. So let's let's talk about it. Go ahead, bro. Hey everyone, Bryce Kuhn here with the Crowded Booth, and I'm excited to partner with Milton and Drew McCluskey as they get on their new venture, the Cajun Cousins Company. It's an all-stop shop for some of the best food and atmosphere entertainment that you're going to be able to have, especially this fall as college football is right around the corner. What is Cajun Cousins Company? Well, Milt decided to start this business back in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where they're based out of. Drew initially joined him after spending some time with the Saints, but they offer catered Cajun delicacies such as crawfish boils and Aunt Dottie's jambalaya. They bring everything and they can set up anywhere. Look, folks, they're passionate about giving people a reason to gather and to get to the culture that they love so much. They're expanding that brand to the low country of South Carolina, the upstate area, and other areas of the Southeast. So look, if you're going to throw that tailgate party or you're going to have a big gathering, Reach out to Cajun Cousins Company today over at CajunCousinsCO.com to get that quote. Tell them the crowd of Booth sent you. We can't wait to see what they have in store this fall. Welcome back here at the Crowded Booth. It is spreadsheet time. Dr. Bob getting a little more detailed in on the spreadsheet. We appreciate this segment. Um, brought to you by nobody. Uh, but, you know, hey, best bets. If you want to sponsor it, we got it right here. All right, guys. Um, as I'm looking over here on my monitor, I lost last week, 38-27, Arizona State upset Washington State. It was a big win for the Sun Devils. Um, Ralph. I backdoored mine. Backdoored the Colorado-UCLA game. Yeah, yes. big time. <laughs> Love it. And then Will just, I mean, just a clutch one. That's just a good I'm pick. A, I'm, dude, putting on a clinic, that's two underdogs getting outright wins. We'll do it again. We'll do the, do the bet you did two weeks ago, and throw that one in there tonight, uh, this week for this weekend. The one I did two weeks ago, two or last week, I guess, or no, yeah, two weeks ago. The Rutgers oh, no, 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 use that no, one no. this weekend, nope. please. Nope, come on, nope. Well, um, not doing it, not going there. Bryce, you're gonna put your best bet in. I forgot what it was. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I'll figure mine out as we go. But will you please. take me through yours? What is your? Oh, really quick. Let me get the let me get the schedules here, and and I need to. I'm going to zoom in here so we can see what's going on. Uh, first off, the standings. I am zero and one. We're not counting week zero, by the way. Get that We're out, Doctor Bob. We're you. not. It doesn't make any sense to. <laughs> um, we. I'm. I, I'm trying to calculate my record right here, real quick. I am one, two, five and four. I guess so. Yeah, five and four. Five and four through nine um, weeks. Um, Ralph five and four through nine weeks, and Will a blistering. What is that? Will is that six two and one? Six two and one. Yep, six two and one. So a big one there, guys. Uh, let's get to our best bets portion though, and uh, get me away from this screen, please. Uh, there we go. <laughs> For aesthetic appeal. <laughs> Will you take it first? Your best. I'm first. Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. I am going to do something that, that kind of sickens me, but but it's too good not to do it. 
I'm going down to the swamp. Florida minus six at home against Arkansas. Florida, they're in wounded animal mode going home. That's mm. I mean, that is that is a system to go by if if you if you like tracking this stuff. Uh coming off that big loss to, to Georgia, coming back home and going against an Arkansas team that, that I think they're just done. Arkansas's done. Uh they're they mailing it in, I think. Um Florida, I think, wins this one by at least a couple touchdowns. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. I don't mind it. I mind it. Ralph, what's yours and what you're rolling with? I'm taking a little note out of the old Will Mannix playbook this week. Um, I decided to go with Arizona plus three against UCLA. Ooh. I think the way Arizona's played this year, they've covered almost – I think if, if I'm right, Will, they've covered every game. Arizona? I think so. I think I they've covered – I think I they've covered almost. I don't everything. live in the past with these. I just I li- I live in the present on on the best. Well, look, I say I haven't lived in the past, but I've I've used Colorado twice this year and hit <laughs> both of them. So, um, Backdoored it. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> well, UCLA last week, you know, played very well defensively against Colorado till last minute. You know, I like Arizona in this situation. This is this is the game that I feel like Arizona can win. You know, just a game that you know UCLA just overlooks Arizona and they go and win this game. I just the way Arizona's played this year, they've just kind of just been just close to every game, have not been out of every game, and so I'm just gonna I'm just using this week. I don't really know other way I you know choose anybody else but them this week. So keeping it, Ralph. I'm gonna text you mine. I'm just gonna say it, and you can put it up. I'm going down into the Sun Belt, and I feel like I need something to get me going again. You know, I I let Ralph catch up with me in the standings. I've now got to make a move to kind of get things rolling again. So you can watch at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus, streaming everywhere and anywhere you need it. I'm going with the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, minus nine and a half against the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. That sounds like a homer pick. Yeah, they're 45 minutes away from where I am right now, and I'm taking the Raging Cajuns. I think it's going to what be very Minus interesting. Minus nine and a half? Minus nine and a half against the, against the uh, Champions of Life up there in Jonesboro. Hey, they're coming off a win. You better be careful. They are. They are. Um yeah, it was either um, this or like I'm, I wouldn't like to take Virginia minus two and a half. Well, I'll say this, so, I would well, Bryce, that made my list. here. Louisiana's come off a very big win against South Alabama last week. So let down spot is what Ralph, you're saying. Ralph, what you do is you like to prop up South Alabama when it's <laughs> but then you tear them down when they're playing no, he Troy. Left. He left. He's out of here. Hey. I got out of here. I got one more before go we get out of here. Okay. Go I ahead. got the red on. If you know me, I don't wear a lot of red hardly at all. This is the only red that I've got. Tr- awful, just awful news in the sports world came out tonight. Mm-hmm. The legendary Bobby Knight passed away on November 1st, the former Indiana basketball coach. So for him, in honor of him, that's why I'm all fired up. Love Bobby Knight. I'm wearing red, fired up for Bobby Knight. And, uh, yeah, just tragic news. And, Bryce, I'm glad you didn't take it because earlier you said you were going to take Wisconsin as your best bet. Smart to stay off because Indiana, they're going to be fired up. They're going to be playing for Bobby Knight against Wisconsin this week. On Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's that late insider news that I wasn't able to get. Also, Doctor Bob, yeah, people <laughs> down here in Louisiana uh, are calling it Louisiana Lafayette that are not affiliated with school, but the actual name now is the University of Louisiana. Uh, you will always be a directional school, Doctor Bob says. But hey, that's a good fun fact for you. For Ralph Leary, that is uh, doing something in the background. 
Will Manis is his girls name. over there. Oh, God, we're getting out of here. Appreciate you <laughs> tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you might be watching, Twitter as well. We're going to catch you next week, Monday night, recapping these football games. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about it, and we also get to see who wins kind of that best bet as well. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. We will catch you next time here on an episode of The Crowded Booth. Coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.